like boom, there it was. So yeah. within four days, I was thinking of everything that could kill my baby. Wow. Um, so it, I mean, it was pretty quick for me. And at first I was like, oh, this is baby blues, you know? And then it's like, no, this isn't going away. Yeah. Um, it, it's here. Like it's, it, this isn't normal. This isn't a two week hormone dip. You know, this isn't it. This is not, this is not okay. Hello, my name is Lynette Caldwell, and I am your host and creator of Her Real Life, the podcast about her, you, and me. The sounds you will experience are collections of my unfiltered thoughts, conversations, and views from people I've encountered or other cool people will all want to know a little bit better. This is basically my way of showing how we as women live very similar lives and have very similar experiences. We just live those lives in different hoods on different streets. What you are about to hear is Her Real Life. So today I am super excited and I feel kind of old as I'm uh, getting ready to introduce this person (laughs) because she is this sweet, like bubbly, amazing. And I'm going to say little girl because I remember when (laughs) I was her coach and she was in high school. I was her volleyball coach and she was in high school. And so I'm grown and she literally was like, oh, I don't know. Were you in ninth grade when I coached you? Yeah. Yeah. I was freshman. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking like 14, depending on how old you are, um, when your birthday is 13, 14, um, going into 15 year old girl. And now here we are fast forward. Oh gosh, that was 2012. So 10, 11, 11 years, almost 10 years, nine years. I can't count. It doesn't matter. I Yeah. <laughs> It was a long time ago and she has her own family, has grown up, um, still amazing, still sweet, very powerful and strong. And she is a lovely lady. So I want to introduce to some of you and present to others, my friend, Kelsey Anderson. And when I knew her, she was Kelsey Hicks. So yes, (laughs) I want everybody to, um, Stay tuned, pay attention. It's going to be an amazing conversation. We're talking about a lot of cool things and things that need to be discussed. So Kelsey, without further ado, will you please tell everybody about you and who you are and and all the things about Kelsey Anderson? Well, I am a proud mama of a three-year-old son named Jackson, and I have an eight-month-old daughter named Tatum. Um, I married my husband March of 2017. We met at a co-ed softball tournament and then he was always at my house. So I just didn't have the option to get rid of him. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, um, I still try and involve myself, um, with, with the younger generation of my community. I, I coach, um, Austin middle school cheer. Um, and going on my third year of that, that's something I'm really passionate about. You know, I can motivate and, um, hopefully positively influence our future generations to go out there and, and spread love in the community and positivity and, And know their self-worth is the biggest thing I always try and teach because, you know, believe it or not, that's something you did for us when we were, you know, under your guidance as a coach. So, you know, I'm thankful for the coaches I've had in my life because I feel like they make me become a better influence to these kids. You know, Um, I'm currently working as a medical assistant um, because I'm not good at math. I couldn't be an attorney. So the good Lord said, go take care of people. And, and so that's, that's what I'm good at taking care of people. And, um, you know, it's something I'm passionate about. And I feel like 
anything to do with, uh, you know, giving care to others is something that um, I enjoy doing. I love doing. It's exhausting. It takes patience. But for the most part, you know, I'm really appreciative to have that kind of career for me. And I have future goals, um, you know, hopefully to become a nurse. You know, the 12-year-old me wanted to be that and put some things on on the backside for a little while because I knew out of anything I wanted to be a mom. And when I knew that I only had a small chance for that to happen, um, I took advantage of that. And and so my career goals got put to the side and I've been very blessed to have, to have had my children now. And, and now I can focus a little bit more on my career goals as they get older. So that's, uh, that's pretty much it. That's me. So well, good. I, I mean, all of those things, it takes a, a special person, first of all, because during my career, I worked in long term care and I watched people, medical assistants, um, QMAs, CNAs, nurses take care and handle situations with um, people that had nobody else to depend on. Sometimes yeah. they never had a person to visit. So we as management and staff were the only people in their lives, like involved in their lives. And at a time for those people, when they were older, that was important because, you know, you spend your whole life taking care of your kids, your family, um, uh, businesses, work, your home. And then when you get to the point to where um, family may not be able to care for you, you're in these facilities and those people that are in there are the only things that only people that you have. So I remember when I worked and I did trainings, I did like customer service trainings because I was director of marketing and admissions. So I did customer service trainings with CNAs and nurses. And I remember telling them, if you are giving care, because I know what you do is hard. If you're giving care to a person that you wouldn't give to your grandparent, your mother, your father, um, your sister, your brother, or even for yourself, if you're not given that same care, then you don't need to do this. Absolutely. Yep. Because I not only saw elderly people, I saw middle-aged people. I saw people younger than my mom and my daddy. I saw people my age that had traumatic brain gen brain injuries that ended up being in these facilities because they couldn't care for themselves and the people around them couldn't help them. So I wanted to remind the girls and the guys that were working there, this could be you. And if you are giving care that you wouldn't want, then change it. So exactly. it takes special people to do what you do. And it also filters into like our regular lives because we have, if you have children or if you're um, in charge of other children, because sometimes you're not always mommy, but you might be auntie and you're taking care of, you know, nieces, nephews or, or cousins or you um, foster kids that are in your family or just in the area that aren't your biological children, but you're still in charge of their care. You have to have a heart to nurture and, you know, give them love and attention to the best of your ability. Yes. So yes. I appreciate you for what you're doing for all the people that you care for and to see that you've grown up and like, you know, when we coach, sometimes we're trying to, to do things and trying to tell you guys this is what we want, not only on the court, but like you got to be a good person, too, because yes. as a teammate, Sports, and I say this all the time, sports prove to not only be good for the athletic exposure and experience, but it's also for life. Because in sports, you're going to encounter people that you don't like all the time on your team. Um, you might not like your coach, you know. Um, there's things that you don't want to happen. Like you might have to sit the bench or you might have to play all the time and that might be stressful or whatever. 
but it it just teaches you how to endure those situations for a common goal. So I often tell people, use sports as a way of showing you what real life is going to be like when you're out of school, because we have all this time when we're in school and we're young to to do these things and we don't even think about it, but it's getting you ready for life. Absolutely. So I am just, I'm so happy that I made an impact on you. I appreciate you and oh, yeah. your family. Cause we, we not only played, like I was your volleyball coach, only your volleyball coach. We also played softball on those leagues together. Yes, we so did. Yep. Those were the years and the days back then. Um, so we've had a lot of interaction and to see Kelsey grow up and have these babies that look like baby dolls. I mean, <laughs> they're so cute and I'm not surprised. So to see you to become a mom, I mean, it's just, it's like, wow. That's why I said I feel kind of old because, you know, you you see these 13 and 14 year old girls and then now a lot of y'all have kids and families and you've had weddings and anniversaries and another baby. So I'm just, I'm happy and I'm thankful that I was a part of a good part of your life. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much thankful that, you know, we still have that interaction with each other and we can still see how each other's lives are going. That's the one good thing about social media. You can keep up with everybody. So, yes. so it's good to see and watch and, and learn from you as a mom. I'm thankful for that. You know, I, I know Mm -hmm. we had talked about your son a little bit at a ball game and just, just, you know, that was, that was something I'm like, yes, that's the mom I'm striving to be, make my child work for their spot. And, and they're going to go farther in life than, than just a basketball game with those lessons. So, you know, yeah. um, learning from you as a mom, I mean, that's, that's amazing to me that I get to get to watch, you know, through your eyes in that way and kind of see, oh, you know, these are some things you're experiencing as your kids become teenagers. And it's I like, I don't want to think about that, but at least I know what to prepare for, you know, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I know. And mommy, being a mommy is something we have in common. And Trust me, even as a little, like you have toddlers right now, a a toddler, you're going to go through these episodes of, I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to fall. I don't want him to fail. I want him to be happy and have joy. And some of these things are out of our control because as when they're little, we can control more, but we still, and and a, a mom told me this, we have to allow them to fail because if not, when times happen that you're not around or you're not able to pick them up or, you know, fix that thing. They don't know how to react. Exactly. I learned that when she told me that, but I also learned that as an adult, because I had the best parents. My mom and dad were awesome, still are, but they did a lot of things for me because I was super sheltered. I um, didn't know a lot of things. I was just naive because, uh, you know, life had just been kind of catered to. And so there were things that I didn't know how to do because my parents always did it. And I'm talking about not just up and through high school. I mean, like I didn't have a job in high school. I didn't, but I I play ball and I, I worked hard at those types of things. But even in college, like, girl, I wasn't able to wash my clothes <laughs> <laughs> until I was like a, a sophomore in college. Cause my roommate was like, look, you have got to learn how to wash your clothes. Cause I live, my mom and daddy live so close to school that and I had too many clothes so I would like get dirty clothes and then they would come and visit and then take them back bring them to me like it was like little things that I know they were doing it to help me but in essence sometimes you know I was a little bit behind so yeah if if there's any advice as a mom and it's so easy to pick that baby up and be like I got it for you I'll do it 
and you do that for a long time. Don't don't get me wrong. But at, right, at a certain yeah. point, like we had a conversation about, you know, Jameson playing ball and he wasn't starting and his daddy's the coach. And a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he doesn't play more. Well, yeah, believe it, because if he's not um, earning that time to play, he's not going to be on the court. But like, that's not that's not who we are as people. And does it happen? I know it does. I see it on other teams, on, you know, other places you go. But we're just trying to teach our kids that it's not about who we are. It's about what effort you put in. And, you know, you don't play in the summer. How are you going to be better in the fall? You know, exactly. if you're not. And sometimes you just there's people that are better than you. And you just have to accept that as hard girl is so painful to not see him on the court all the time or oh, I'm sure to yeah. not like there's things that I want him to be able to do and he just can't do it. Just not right, right now. So it's hard. You know, being a parent is hard. Nobody tells you all of these things until you might have already fallen over um, or stumbled on something. And you're like, crap, why ain't nobody tell me that? A right. Year ago. Was my warning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one warned me about this part. Exactly. I'm like, I always say, I'm like, well, where's the manual? It's like, um, yeah. it would be blank pages because we're all just in this together. We are. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We don't. And our kids are also different and our lives are also different. And we were raised differently. So that also plays a part in in everything. So yeah. I just I love seeing you. I love um that you're always wanting to learn and you were always like that in school, like whenever I coached you. So some of these things never change. So I'm not surprised by some of the achievements and accomplishments and your family, because I know you come from good people and I know that you've always wanted to do what's best. So yeah, I just appreciate that. Yeah. I thank you for coming on this show and I'm excited about the the topic we're going to talk about, but until we do that, the next segment of the show is the fun part. Like it's all going to be fun, but this part right here to me, like I love it because I get to I get to introduce some things to my audience about you and I also learn things about you and I feel like you learn about yourself with this segment called the five and it's like this super uh, fast-paced five-minute segment where I'm going to ask you questions and you don't have to think real hard about them I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind Okay. So I have a timer and it's going to be about any kind of thing. So um, just literally, if we have to talk about it, that's fine. Like we don't have to skip over because some people have to say, well, let me think about that. And that's okay too. So I've got a timer and I'm getting ready to start it. It starts, um, uh, it's got a five, it's five minutes. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So here we go. Your, your timer is going to start in three, two, and one. Would you say that you are early or late? Late. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. This is why we get along. Um, yes. Do you like to fly or drive when you go on trips? Um, I like flying. It's more convenient. It is. Would you say you're an introvert or an extrovert? Definitely an extrovert. Okay. Singer or a dancer? Singer. Do you like lipstick or eyeshadow? Lipstick. Do you use words or emojis? Emojis. Do you like coffee or tea? Coffee. When you go buy things, do you usually have cash or do you use a card? My card, less damage that way. <laughs> but do you use it like, okay, I'm a positive. Do you use your, your card for like 50 cents? Because I'm a 50 cent card user. Yes. Yeah. No, and I feel so bad, but I'm like, I'm like, they're going to hate me, but you know what? I don't have Sorry any cash. That's right. I don't. <laughs> do you like to text or call? 
I'm a more texture, yeah. Oatmeal or cereal? Cereal. Okay, you got to pick one out of these. Do you like lyrics or instrumental? Lyrics. Fresh or frozen food? Fresh. What's your favorite smell? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't want to be basic, but pumpkin spice. <laughs> that's okay. That's not basic, girl. That's what you like. That's that's what you like. <laughs> I don't want to be basic. Okay. Um, If you had to choose between music, book, or a pen and paper, which one would you take with you? Music. Do you like to write with a pen or a pencil? Pen. Who would you like to meet, past or present? Doesn't matter if they're still with us or gone on. Oh, gosh. Man. <laughs> you got to think about it. That one's a hard one. Who would I like? You know what? We're breaking glass ceiling, so definitely probably would like to meet Madam Vice President Absolutely. Kamala Harris. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Just pick her brain. I mean, she, you know, there's glass everywhere because of her. I just, I know. Definitely. That's one mind I'd love to pick for a little while. Absolutely. For sure. What is a little known fact about you? Cool. Hmm. I am a huge empath and I I act like I'm so hard shelled, but <laughs> I cry a lot. <laughs> I I feel what everybody else feels and I carry that with me. And a lot of people are like, man, you know, I I guess I, I kind of have, you know, resting, you know, insert face here. So a lot of people don't think that, but I am really soft-hearted for the most part. Yeah. So, yep, totally, totally feel what others feel, and I take that home with me a lot. I guess that's probably why I'm in healthcare. So. Yes, you're such a sweetheart. Okay, what was your favorite toy as a child? Oh gosh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a rough one. See, I never had, you know, and I had Barbies. I had, I tell you what, my grandparents got us all one year for Christmas, American Girl dolls. Mm -hmm. And they got me Felicity and she was the only redheaded American Girl doll. Mm -hmm. And she was my everything. I remember we took her to Chicago to the store, my cousins and I. So definitely, definitely my American Girl doll. I I vividly remember taking her everywhere and she always had to dress like me. So, so, yep, that's the one. And and because everybody can't see you, um, Kelsey is a beautiful redhead. I love her hair. Okay. Um, What's your favorite dessert? Um, Apple pie, but it has to be made by my nanny Teresa or I can't have it. (laughs) Hands down. Has to be hers. I feel like I'm cheating on her if I eat it anywhere else. (laughs) What is the most, where's the most interesting place you've been? Oh, most interesting I mean for the most part I'm kind of boring so I'd have to say the Grand Canyon and I'm a little biased that since where we got engaged oh wow that's so, not boring like I've yeah, never oh been to the Grand gosh. Canyon by oh, the way definitely 10 out of 10 I recommend you know but the reason he said he asked there is because if I told him no, I was just going to push me over the edge just so so <laughs> it was either going to be an engagement or a dateline yes yes <laughs> yep so so definitely you know no choices there I just I just had to kind of say yeah so he put me at the edge and said all right so <laughs> that is hilarious what is your favorite meal to cook um I like my homemade lasagna mm-hmm. okay what about heels or flats oh gosh um I'm definitely a flats unless I'm doing something fancy which isn't often but I'm not very graceful so definitely flats okay we got seven seconds do you like an automatic or a stick shift 
Automatic. Three, two. Okay, we're done. See? Oh, that was so fun. I know. I know. I love it. That makes me happy. That whole little thing. You just get to talk about things. You get to like, I don't know. It just, these are questions that you you think do you do every day and you don't even think about it but yeah. you just have to off the top of your head so it, it just it shares a little bit about you to everybody and it's just fun I just think it's oh fun. yeah I enjoyed that that was awesome and I'm like wow I didn't even think about these things myself so it really kind of opened my mind back up to some things see oh that's what we do we, we try to make things interesting around here at her Absolutely. Real life. <laughs> okay so for every guest that I have I send out um, questions in the section that I send out says think about this and I want these questions to be things that like they're kind of deep and they make you sit down and think there's only five of them um, and it and I always like to hear the answers because it never fails that I get something I'm like, oh, wow. And I think it also helps the guest whenever I ask these questions and they're like, I never even thought about this. So yes, the first thing that I asked you was, what could you teach in five minutes? And I giggled at this one. I said, she's going to laugh. So <laughs> hands down, I could teach you how to fry an egg the right way. And I say the right way because rest your soul. But my nanny, my now here in Indiana, our nanny's not our nanny. We're not like bougie. It's a grandma. It's a <laughs> That's what we call our grandmas <laughs> around here. Some right. people are like, you had a nanny? It's like, oh, no, no, <laughs> no. She, you know, if it wasn't drowning in lard, it didn't taste right. And I tell you, I would have that for breakfast, lunch, and a midnight snack anytime I was at her house. So I definitely could teach that one. Now, do you eat it? Like, tell me that you make it where the, the yolk is cooked. Oh, see, we always call them juicy eggs now. Oh, I will, oh, oh yeah. God. Yep. You got to have something to dip your toast in, but yep. Nope. Uh, butter? Um, jelly? Yeah, butter. Like, I just, <laughs> I know, I don't know. James likes his eggs like that, and I'm just like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Mm. Must be an Indiana thing. It so, has to yep. be. Oh, okay. Okay. So you could teach us how to make an egg right. Absolutely. All right, girl. I'll take your word for it because I'm not eating that. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, I'm not I'm not eating your egg. I'll look oh. at it and think it's beautiful, but I will not eat a runny yep, egg. Yep, it's it's a work of art, that's for sure. My husband's the same way, and you know what? He's from Arizona, so it really, really must be an Indiana thing that we have juicy eggs because he wants his fried hard too. So yeah, maybe it's because y'all always in a like in a hurry. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea why <laughs> you would, you wouldn't want to cook the egg all the way through. That sounds uh, <laughs> cook it enough, you know you're not gonna get E. coli and just take it on your way. That's about it. Oh so. dear lord. Ugh. Gosh. Okay. So I also ask you, what is something that you want other people to know about you, but they never ask? Well, you know this, but I love to sing mm -hmm. and I don't get to do it very often because, you know, I'm only blessed enough to know how to play my throat. I can't play any other instruments. <laughs> I, I just think. <laughs> play my throat. <laughs> That's about it. So it's, you know, it's always, you know, music has just always been something I feel like I communicate with and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I like to share that. I, you know, I feel like it's a gift that you can, you know, I listen to your stuff all the time. I'm like, yes, yes, ma'am. Take me to church right now because, you, you know, that's something that inspires me. So, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just something I feel really blessed to, to have that ability to do. And even if I couldn't, I would so totally be a closeted shower singer. I don't care, but <laughs> just, uh. I find lyrics and it's like, sometimes I'm going through something. It's like, I have a song for this and I yep. get on my Spotify, you know, it's like, all right, I know what I'm doing now. So 
yeah, I really enjoy singing. And even if it's in my car and my little boy's got his ears covered, probably because he's like, man, mom. <laughs> no, maybe. our kids love it. They, <laughs> now, sometimes they'll be like, oh, that didn't sound good. Because Jameson, when he was little, he if we hit a wrong note, if we did something that didn't sound right, he'd like whip his head around and be like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, God so, love him. That yeah, sounds like him. Yep. Yeah. Babies always tell the truth. So. Oh, yes. I'm sure your baby loves to hear you sing, though. So that's oh, that's all yeah. that matters. <laughs> yeah. Now, tell me something that you feel like inspires you. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's my kids. Mm-hmm. They are the most important aspect of my life. Um, you know, seeing life through their perspective now, I, I really, you, you never get it until you become a parent. And it's yeah. like, one day you'll get it. And it's like, yeah, everything just makes so much more sense. And it, it just motivates me in a different way, you know, than, than I've ever experienced in my life. It, it just makes me sit back and it's like, you know, I, I choose these things because of what mm-hmm. they need or, mm-hmm. or they motivate me to do better or push myself because I want to show them like, Hey, you know, maybe mom didn't follow this path to college, but it doesn't mean I'm down and out. I right. mean, I'll be 25 this year. Wow. You know, I, 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 you're not out of the race just because you didn't take that path. I might've went around the path, but the path's still there. I just took a little detour. So, That's right. you know, they, they very much inspire me to, to just do great things so that they know they can do great things. And it also helps you to, to know why your parents were crazy or we thought they were crazy. But right? they really yeah. weren't. They they were doing no. things for us. And sometimes it hurt them to not be able to allow us to do things or go places or, or get things because they didn't want to see us sad. So now when yeah. we have children, we can understand, you know, that whole, whole situation. Absolutely can. Yes. So tell me, do you think the little girl that you were would look up to the woman that you are today at 25 yeah. or get ready to be 25, right? Uh, yeah, August, it's, it's creeping up on me. That's mm-hmm. a big birthday. Mm-hmm. So I, I truthfully do. And I, I always tell people, I'm like, me and her, we went through a lot of things together, you know, <laughs> yes. you know, we went through a lot. It's, it's looking back and it's like, you know, um, my parents are amazing parents, but you know, they got divorced when I was six and, mm-hmm. you know, you're bouncing back and forth. And, and in a way you learn a lot of independence that way because, yeah. you know, you're in between and, and doing things for yourself. And I feel like, you know, there were two paths I could have taken this one or a wrong one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like I've overcome a lot of things from growing up and, and I'm, I'm not where we planned I would be, but we're at least 95% there because I knew I want to be a mom. I want to yeah. be a wife. I want to be, maybe the career goals aren't there yet, but they're going to be. So I, I really think she would be looking up and be like, wow, like, look what we did. You know, yeah. we never thought we would be here. We uh, persevered and we went through situations and, and I think she'd be like, look what we did. You know, like yeah. we did this, we yeah. did this and no one thought we would, but here we are. We did it. Nobody has to Nobody has to bat an eye at it anymore because here we are. We're succeeding. We're we're doing the thing and and getting it done. And that's that's what we've always done. So, yeah, I really do think looking back, little Kelsey would be like, ah, yep. I knew I wanted to be like you one day, and Aww. yeah, definitely proud of that. And I don't sit and think about that often, but I am proud of who I've become. Yeah, because like I said, you know, it's statistically I could have turned out one of two ways. And yeah. And I didn't. So. And let me tell you this. I've heard you say about your career path may be different or you didn't take the path that you thought you would. Sometimes we don't take that path because maybe that's not our purpose. 
And I want you, I mean, I know you probably already know this, but I feel like just because you are so sensitive and because you care so much for so many people, different types of people, I, I want you to know that you're probably walking into your purpose. And sometimes our plans don't always line up with what God has for us. And or what other people have for us because yeah. they feel like they know better. But just know that even for this season, if this is the the path that you're taking, I feel like it's in your purpose because you have an open mind. You have an open heart. You are good to people. You are always consistent. And that's important. So don't ever feel like um, I'm not where I was supposed to be because this is what my plan was. Because sometimes our plans aren't the right plans at the time. Absolutely. Yep. I, I can agree to that, you know, and, and that's what I tell people right after we got married, I was going to go back to nursing school. I'd done my prereqs and then the doctor's like, Hey, you know, we were doing a routine checkup. Mm-hmm. You got PCOS and right now you're lucky you might get pregnant, but later on down the road, you might not. And it's like, you know what? I have all the opportunity in the world to go to school. Um, that'll be there. I might not have the opportunity to be a mom. So that's when, you know, plans changed but I did get I got what I wanted ultimately I wanted to be a mom so in a roundabout way that was that that news was a blessing to know that your career is not everything but your family is always going to be there that's right so that's right and so I'm into sounds you know like you said I, I do I sing a little bit I like music I like hearing things I like to talk obviously um, so I asked every one of my guests about sounds because sound waves are super important. What sound, if you could be any sound in the world, what sound would you be? And tell me why. I would be whatever sound an autumn breeze makes. And I know you're like, what? Like, I can be standing. <laughs> it's like you just stand in that cool wind. It just hits you. And you're like, yeah, like mm-hmm. running, rustling through the trees. And, and it's just, it's like, it just brings you a sense of tranquility and peace and and I, hands down that's what I want to be because when fall comes and that first autumn breeze hits I'm like yes okay so tell me the difference between an autumn breeze and like a breeze right now why why the autumn breeze because I've had several people say wind or like breeze or whatever that's the sound they want to be why did you specifically say an autumn breeze I feel like the cooler breeze just kind of wakes your soul up a little bit different Mm -hmm. right now i'm sweating i don't want to be out in the (laughs) that that plays a big part in it i'm redheaded anyway so we don't we we tend to deter away from the sun a little bit we don't you know so i think i think it's kind of like yes this is my time we can come out and scarf up and it'll be all good and i won't have to have a heat stroke in the middle of it so (laughs) especially here because the heat here hits different than anywhere i've ever ever been so you might be right you might be right oh yeah (laughs) well thank you for that part and and being um so honest with the the questions and your answers what I do next is we get into the topic of the day. And so you and I kind of share um, a little bit of our experiences with this topic today. And we've alluded to being a mom and um, mommyhood and what, what you know, you don't know and how crazy it could be. And nobody tells you because, like you said, if they had a manual, the pages would be empty because it's always different. So yes. today, the topic of the day is of what I'd like to talk about is you're a mommy now what they don't tell you. So outside of all the ins and outs of, you know, raising children, a toddler or having a baby, um, 
It's fun. And and you said you experienced um, PCOS. So you actually didn't even realize that you might have a baby. Like there's a chance that you couldn't have any children at all. So tell us yeah. first about PCOS, what that means, like what happens. Um, what is PCOS for anybody that may not be um, aware of what it is? Sure. So um, PCOS, it, it stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, basically the problem I had, I mean, it affects you hormonally. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you start producing androgen, which is basically female testosterone, which compresses your ovaries. Well, your ovaries obviously create fertilizable eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I basically had an ovary, the way the doctor described it was, it looked like, you know, the, the old Willy Wonka where the everlasting gobstoppers, like all those spikes in that sphere. I mean, I had a ton of um, cysts around my ovaries mm -hmm. on a checkup. I was having, you know, some severe menstrual pain and I was like, this is not normal. So when we checked and did an ultrasound, I was like, yeah, you've got PCOS. And I remember handing her the brochure. She gave me a brochure and it says, um, 10% of women conceive naturally with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it was kind of like, oh gosh, I just got married. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I've got these plans and it's like, but pause. Cause I know I want to be a mom. So of course, um, I had to go on, believe it or not. Um, it's due to insulin resistance, which everybody's diabetic in my family, just about diabetes runs in my family. Cause no one runs in my family. So, uh. um, <laughs> And she's so, tiny, by the way. Let me let me uh, make that clear. Kelsey is this tiny little thing. So even if she so, didn't run, she's still itty bitty. Yeah. So, you know, and I kind of laugh looking back at it, but it, it is. It's um, it's an insulin resistance that affects your body. It affects your hormones. It, you know, it can affect your weight. It can affect um, your, your periods. You, you get horrible acne like you had just started, you know, puberty mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. or you can grow hair. Um, I mean, it affects you terribly and, it, and, and believe it or not, I, I was lucky enough. I went on metformin, which is a diabetic drug mm -hmm. and I was on it for a couple of months and it basically, we went for my five week ultrasound, found out I was pregnant with Jackson. Um, all those ovaries or all those cysts on my ovaries were pretty much gone. I had like one or two. It's just wow. like, holy cow, this, this did what it was supposed to do. And, and a lot of moms, you know, I think about them, it's like, they aren't always that lucky. They got to do, you know, IUI or IVF, yeah. you know, to get pregnant or, you know, so I'm just very blessed that that worked out the way it did. Um, but it's, it's something very scary. It's very common. Mm -hmm. Um, especially nowadays you hear about it all the time. Yeah. So, and I just didn't know because I've heard PCOS and I know a little bit about it, but yeah, from what you just told me that that helps because, when I hear PCOS, I know a lot of my friends that have it say I have a lot of hair and, yeah. you know, that's one, one thing outside of their other issues with their, um, their menstrual cycle or periods, right. you know, so, so you had PCOS, didn't even know if you were going to have babies and then you have a baby. And so this is where you and I kind of share our experience. Once you had your baby, postpartum hits right? Yes. Or did it, yep. did it come immediately for you or was it, we're like four months in and all of a sudden, boom, something is not right. Honestly. And I tell people this, and this is what triggered me. I labored with Jackson. I, I took me 24 hours to have him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was exhausted. We had come home and you know, they, before you leave the hospital now, it's like here, watch these videos of SIDS and how your baby can die and safe sleep. And great educational tools. Mm -hmm. But for me, 
became the trauma that triggered my postpartum depression and anxiety. We had, it was our first night home with Jackson Mm -hmm. and I was so tired. I dreamed I put him in the bassinet next to us. Well, he was in between the covers. I don't know how long he'd been there. I woke up freaking out and it was like, boom, there it was. So within four days, I was thinking of everything that could kill my baby. Um, so it, I mean, it was pretty quick for me. And at first I was like, Oh, this is baby blues, you know? And then it's like, no, this isn't going away. Um, it's here. Like it's, this isn't normal. This isn't a two week hormone dip. You know, this isn't it. This is not, this is not okay. Yeah. So for me, it was this, like, I, um, I was pregnant and I I actually labored with Jameson for 32 hours Mm. and he was a week late. After all oh, of that, yeah, <laughs> this baby was like, I'm, I'm not coming. I'm ready to, mm-hmm. I need to hang out some more. So, and it was kind of, it was a lot going through being induced and even after being induced 32 hours, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yep. I remember coming home and, um, I don't, it kind of crept up on me because I was so excited and, but I do remember feeling like, Oh gosh, like I'm about to be by myself because I was going to stay at home. James was going back to work and he didn't go back to work for, you know, my, he stayed with me a long time, but I just remember feeling like I can't do this. And I just remember crying and thinking, okay, my mom is a superhero because I, my mom has always been like this super, um, everything always together. Like I can remember waking up every morning, she would do my hair, get food, you know, get me ready. The bed would be made, you know, everything would be done. And I don't right. know how she did it. And so I remember talking to her about it. She's like, Oh, you'll be fine. And in my mind, cause I'm always the strong one, you know, everybody sees me as being the strong person. I remember being like, okay. And saying to her, yeah, I know, I know, you know, I, I got it. And in my mind, I was like, I am losing everything. Like I am yes. going crazy. I don't yep. know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't want to hurt this baby. And it was funny because right before we got ready to take him home, um, he had, he was circumcised of course. And, or for us, he was circumcised and, um, <laughs> we'd gone through all the classes, you know, they, they, you know, the pre-birth classes or whatever. And, you know, they tell you what to do. And I remember James and I were in the room and he came back and he had his, his first poop. Oh my God. It was like black tar. Yep. Just nasty. Yep. And the, our aide had walked into the room and so she was doing something else and Jameson was crying. So he was like fresh off circumcision pooping. And I opened up the diaper and we were getting ready to change him. And James looked at me and I looked at him because the baby was crying and he had like, like we had to be careful of the circumcision and then we're trying to get him clean. And I just remember yes. looking at the aid and I was like, tears start falling. I remember saying, we took all the classes. Like <laughs> we went to all the classes <laughs> and we James is like, uh, uh, we're looking around with our hands up. Like I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And so she like walked out <laughs> the, the aide yes. like walked out. I was like, y'all better change that baby's diaper. And, yes. and then yep. the nurse came in and she saw the, the stress on our face. Like I'm in tears. But I wasn't like balling, balling. I just had like, I'm doing it, but tears are falling down. And so she literally was like, I got it. She sat me down. James was like, okay. She cleaned him up in a minute. It literally took her like a minute to do. They are better than a race car driver. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. The crew ain't got nothing on those OBGYN nurses. They are. 
nothing she quick. did it and she like was like it's fine and I just remember yep. telling her again but we went to all the classes like <laughs> because I felt like I needed to to justify the fact that yeah. we can't do it but we really did go to everything we were supposed to we just didn't know how like we couldn't get it done fast right. enough yeah so I think these are the times that people don't understand that there are women that are suffering with th- this feeling of, oh my gosh, I've done everything I'm supposed to do and I'm still not able to do it. Yep. Like I can't, I don't know how, I don't know what, like I've seen my cousins and friends have babies and I've changed diapers, but like, this is my baby now. Yes. And what do I do? So I just remember getting home and going through the motions and, um, I um, didn't talk about it really because like I said, I'd already talked to the people that are most important to me and they were telling me, you're fine. You can do yes. it. Yes, yeah. no, it's, it's okay. Like, don't even worry about it. And internally I was tore up. Like oh, yeah. I thought everything I was doing was a mistake. Um, I didn't have, which I think is interesting because you were talking about all of the feelings of, oh my God, I'm going to kill my baby. You know, like the, everything I do, might hurt my child like or everything around us is going to kill the child and for me it was more of I don't even know what's going on Yep. (laughs) like like I was like what the heck is happening am I doing it right like okay we got to go here I got to go to the grocery store it took me forever to get ready and get him ready because by the time I'd got him dressed he'd already peed and pooped and threw up and I'm nursing too mind you I'm nursing so in On the midst of, of having just birthed a baby, yeah. Yes, in the midst of all of that, like you're nursing this child and trying to navigate your schedule and getting you still have housework and it was just so much. But yeah. these are the different parts of postpartum that people don't talk about. And for you, it was that way. For me, it was this way. Yes. And we kind of suffer in silence because we have all of the people around us telling us, You're fine. You yep. can do it. And and yep. it's it's unfair. But what do you say? Like what do you do? And I didn't go to therapy. I didn't I tried to find ways um to manage it, but what did you do? Honestly, it was bad and you know and I don't really talk I mean, I talk about it because I think it's important to know, you know, mm-hmm. even like you said, men don't understand what we went through and no. I kept telling Ethan, you know, like like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is what's going on in my head. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, every time I lay that baby down, I think of, oh, my God, he's going to suffocate. I'm not, I can't even sleep. Like, I wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, I was literally going insane. And we went to, you know, you go to your postpartum checkup. And the yep. doctor's like, here, fill out this depression thing. Let us know if it got worse since you've left the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I looked at the nurse. And I don't think she meant anything bad by it. You know, I had wonderful nurses, wonderful doctors. But it's like, oh, are you telling me you think you have postpartum? Do you want to hurt your baby? And it's like. No. Uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut right. because because that's the stigma around it. Yep. People think postpartum means this mom wants to go out and hurt her baby. Right, right. Like, that's why stop. I didn't think I had it. Like, and, and I didn't do enough research. And I was in the social right. services like field. Like, that's what I did. I'd worked with mental health. But what was so funny was that was the exact thought of postpartum. That's why I was like, I don't have postpartum, you know, because yeah. I don't, I don't want to shake my baby to death. I don't, he doesn't make me upset when he cries. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I can't stand it. I have a connection with him. So all of these things that I thought I knew about postpartum were not really completely true because exactly that might be for somebody else. But just as we just talked about, you had your, your situation. I had my situation and they were all postpartum. 
Exactly. And that's the thing. And so many people just want to touch point on. And I think that's why so many moms don't talk about it. Yeah. It's because they're afraid people are going to think, you know, oh, you want to hurt your baby, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're in, and and right now, you know, social media is a big thing and I've caught myself doing it, but now I don't care because like, you know, my kids are fed, bathed, they're happy, they're clothed, they are healthy, you know, judge me because I I would catch myself taking these pictures of, you know, Jackson in the car seat and he's not buckled because he's sitting in my floor and it's like, don't worry, we're not in the car. Like you have to explain yourself because so many people are ready to be keyboard superheroes and mom shame. Mm -hmm. It's so much harder now, you know, and, and as, as I feel like, you know, and maybe you see it, you've been a mom longer than me, of course, but Mm -hmm. as social media, it's like, that doesn't help either because when the mom's like, oh my God, all these people are telling me I'm also doing the wrong thing here. It's like, then I see it all the time under the captions with a little asterisk, by the way, don't worry about so-and-so we were doing this. Like they have to explain why their baby's in that situation. And it's like, you know, it's a that's lot. pressure. That's so much. It is. It is. And I think that because women, like you said, our husbands don't always understand because, you know, James was at work. And when he come home, you know, he would, we would talk, but he didn't realize I hadn't talked to an adult all day. So (laughs) he was talking all day in a meeting Mm -hmm. or to his, his workers or whatever. So that there was that disconnect as well. And where I nursed and Jameson didn't take a bottle. So really he had no part in the the feeding feeding process. That's yeah. yeah. So that to him after years, after we talked about it, he was like, that kind of bothered me because I really couldn't, I didn't feel connected because I couldn't help him. Um, yeah. And and then I saw you being all stressed out because you couldn't leave because girl, I couldn't go anywhere because no. that baby needed to eat because he ate every yep. hour and a half, 20 to 30 minutes on each side. He was like a monster. So I had my baby with me everywhere, like literally everywhere. No breaks. No breaks. And people say, well, you should sleep when the baby's sleeping. Girl, no, I've got to get stuff done. Yeah. I can't sleep. (laughs) Right. And the things that I'm trying to do, I can't do them whenever he's awake because I want to make sure he's fine. I want to make sure he's fed. He's changed. And so it was just crazy. And and I, I really I want the stigma to be pushed aside. Because like you said, we shouldn't have to justify everything we do no. to everybody. And and internally, you don't want to. You're like, that's my business. But you know you're going to have to hear it or you're going to see it. And it does affect us. I it mean, does. we, we can't say that it doesn't. But I know with my first, I never got help. Because like you said, I didn't want people thinking, oh, you she wants to it. kill her baby. Yeah, <laughs> You yep. know, that was her yep. postpartum. And then I can't do it. Like I can't. I'm not as strong as my mom or I'm not as strong as my friends and I'm supposed to be the strong friend. So how can I be walking around here saying I'm a mess and I need help when I'm the one everybody comes to and talks, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You're always the one that they go to. And and that's the thing too. see Ethan phenomenal dad. And I kept trying to explain to him, you know, this is how I feel. And if they're not in their head, they don't understand. And everybody around me is like, Oh, like, just, I wanted to hold Jackson all the time. I didn't want right. nobody to hold him because I couldn't see if his nose was exposed. And right. it, it was like, it was like everybody, I knew everybody was irritated with me and, and they didn't understand it, but it's like, I can't see his nose. I don't know that he's breathing. So I'm either going to have to sit by you and put my hand on his back while he breathes or it yeah. just got so overwhelming. And I kept trying to explain to Ethan and the thing that, and I'm happy to talk about this, the mm-hmm. thing that really woke Ethan up. So Jackson was about three and a half months, almost four months old. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting him in his bouncer 
Ethan only worked like five minutes away mm-hmm. and, um, I was going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. I was going to call his work and say, there's an emergency. And I knew he would be there quick enough that the baby would be okay, but that he wouldn't have time to save me. And when he wow. got home, I said, listen, I almost did this today mm-hmm. because I was in such a dark place and I want you to be made aware of that. And that was when I was like, light bulb. Oh, like it's serious. Oh yeah. Like you're not just nervous. Like, Oh, like your brain yeah. is attacking you. Yeah. And, and it was, it was to that point that I was like, I can't do this. Like he's better off without me because he's just going to wind up thinking I'm crazy. And I, and I want moms to know when I had Tatum, I was a little bit anxious, but it was like, so much better yeah so much better than with Jackson now there's still times I'm like you know check her breathing check Mm -hmm, her this mm -hmm. but but it's no I was in such a dark place that I barely remember like the first seven or eight months of his life really yeah because because you're fighting it's like you're clawing out of this tunnel and um I want I want mom snow please talk about this don't don't be silenced because people don't understand it journal it Call somebody don't, don't be there because I was there and it was so scary to know that I was ever in that place before, um, that I didn't feel like living anymore. And I I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people, they don't want to say things like that happen, but it speaks volumes because not only are you able to share it and say, this was me and I'm able to now talk about it. That shows that you're beyond that point. Thank God. Yeah. And you can also help somebody else because like you said, we need to be able to talk to other people. For me, I had, um, I never had thoughts of suicide, but I remember just feeling so defeated because I had never not been good at something. Absolutely. You know, yep. like I've struggled with um, some aspects of our relation, my relationship with my husband. And that was like terrifying because, like I said, I was used to being good. And yep. when things don't work, it's like, what is going on? So uh-huh. I remember Jameson, we found out we were pregnant with Rowan when I he was just turning five months. So I was kind of like already in postpartum. But I and then finding out you you're having another baby, I was in uh-huh. denial for three months, girl. My whole my whole right. first trimester, I was like, I'm not pregnant because I was nope. little anyway. Yep. And nobody knew. And where I just had a baby, it's like they weren't even thinking about that. You know, my my mm-hmm. family knew. So that was another part of oh my gosh. Then I felt horrible because I was like, now my baby has to grow up too fast, and I have a baby, and I'm nursing, and what will this do to him nursing and like I was sick, so I couldn't eat. And I felt like I was literally dying because yep. I'm nursing this baby that eats all the time and I'm running after him and now I'm pregnant and here we go. I'm by myself at the house. James is at work. My mom is at work. You know, everybody thinks that I'm this, this super person that can do it. And I really couldn't, yep. but I did have a play date group and where I went, we were back in North Carolina at this time and our library, our local library had, um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was like where you could take your baby. If they were a month old, you could take them and they would do these programs once a week where all these moms would get together and they would have like somebody playing the violin or they would read or they would have different activities for us to do with the babies. And I met this group of girls And at first, all of our babies were the same age. And at first we would like leave the library on that day and we'd go eat somewhere. Well, first of all, we're all stay at home moms. So that got expensive. So we decided, oh, we're going to go to each other's house. And we became friends. 
And no. I don't know if they know. And one day I'll be, I'll probably have all them on and we'll talk about it, but they saved my life because I was so sad about being so bad at this whole thing called mommyhood. And I was ashamed and I just felt less than, and nobody knew because my face, girl, my, my game face was strong. Yes. So (laughs) they had no clue, but by them inviting me, um, to their houses and us being able to go out and we all had the same issues. Now we didn't talk about postpartum, but we all had like, Oh my gosh, I don't get to talk to anybody. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I never invited them to my house. And one reason was because I didn't feel like cleaning up. And it wasn't like a, a pigsty. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Right. But right. for my standards, I was like so embarrassed because there might be something out on the floor or there might be. And I just was like, I don't feel like cleaning. So I'm not taking, I'm not bringing anybody here. Nope. And I rem- if they ever think about it, I never invited them over, but I would always like, I'll bring this for lunch or I'll do that. Like I was wanting to go out of my house because I spent so much time there by myself. Yes. But they literally, though their friendship and their companionship, their their the time that they spent, they saved me so much headache and so much like despair. So I think we often don't realize how much we need each other. And even if you have a friend, anybody listening, if you have a group of friends, always try to meet, always try to reach out because I never shared with them. But they like from birthday parties, Halloween get togethers. um, We had Easter get togethers. Those things helped me. And it kind of catapulted. That's why I, if you see me um, advertise stuff, Kelsey, like they're called play dates because I get these, these get togethers that I have for whether it be women or kids. Like I do it for my, my daughters, my son. I do it for teachers locally. It's called a back to school bash play date. It's because I know the importance of gathering and getting together. Like that's why I want my kids to have a friends giving. Always keep yeah. your friends close and try because you could be helping somebody and saving somebody and not even realizing it. Exactly. Exactly. It's important that you have people around you like your family, but it's also important that you have a group of people that you can just go and be, you know, just be with them, be you because yeah. they kind of saved me from sitting in my house and maybe potentially feeling like my kids are better off without me. You know, we need to be able to bond and have a judge free zone, judgment free zone and have friends that we can grow and cultivate a relationship with where you feel comfortable, whether you're saying anything or not, you're just like, this is my place. Yep. These are my people that know I'm battling and, and they're here to help me battle. That's, that's the thing. And, and it's so uncommon now to have those groups. Part of me is like, you know, I wish, I wish we had those resources. I mean, of course they have like, Oh, breastfeeding encouragement. Well, you know what? There's formula fed people. What about them? You know, what about, and I think we need to do it. And, and you're perfect. You're a perfect person that if you see somebody and, and they may not even show it, but just offering to say, Hey, why don't we get together? I think yeah. more girls, more women, more men, more kids, more, more boy. especially I know COVID is here and we're not able to be together as much as possible or as we used to. But I think we should at least try to connect with somebody outside of our home. Absolutely. Because we need each other. Like we were made to be with people. Yes. So 
that that part of my story like I said, those girls probably have no idea, but they, they might think back to girl. I, Cause I came to some birthday parties with some crazy gifts. It was like <laughs> itty bitty cars. And I'm, they're probably thinking what in the world, but they never said a word. Like they just, they helped me so much. And I'm grateful because during my postpartum that I never spoke about, they lifted me up and like yeah. made me feel like I have somewhere to go and it doesn't have to just be to the grocery store or I get to talk to somebody and it's not just my husband who's kind of tired and been at work all day and doesn't want to talk like they were my support system and I just appreciated them. So I feel like with what we've talked about today, postpartum is a super major important thing that we need to make. We need to normalize it. Like yes. we need to stop making people feel like, oh, if you're postpartum, you need to be hospitalized and like taken away from the very thing that you absolutely love more than life at that, exactly. that moment. Yes. I mean, we need to be more free and open and say, this is a thing. And I know you might think I can do it, but I really can't. And I need help. And I don't want you to say, I'll take the baby. I want you to help me work through it. Yes. With yes. the baby, like in my home or if you don't do anything but call me, text me, or if you, you say, do you need to talk? And you don't say a word. You just listen to me cry yeah, <laughs> or listen to me complain or listen to me say, this, these are things I need. Do you know how I can do it? Or can you help me? Or we all need those people in our lives because postpartum is real. And there have been women that have left here because of it. Yes. Yep. And looking back, it's like, you think, thank God, you know, what really made me stop is Jackson giggled. Oh. He giggled for the first time. And it's like, nope, I got to keep fighting. But when he gets home, I'm telling him this is what's in my head. And, you know, from then on, and I'm so thankful. I mean, I have a wonderful husband, which don't, you know, he's going to hear this. His head's going to inflate. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> but, but it's always important to yeah. be, to be, make, make that person aware, whether it's your, your mom, whether yeah. it's. Just whoever your support person is, make them aware of it because I don't ever want anyone. I, these are supposed to be some happy times. You know, I don't want everyone. Right. You don't deserve to feel like you can't speak about that. And, right. And I want, I want moms to say, you know what? Yep. I need to talk about it. You're not a bad mom. You can't, you cannot control the chemical aspects of your brain. You can't. Right. You can't. It's not your fault. And I want, I want people to be aware of that. I, for the longest time, thought I'm just some bad mom and no. it's all me. And then you educate yourself and you really genuinely educate yourself. Oh gosh, it's really not just a small percent, many women. And I want all these women to know you're amazing. You're a wonderful mom. You're doing it and, and you're doing it with love. And that's, that's all you need to do it with. Anything yeah. else comes as, as time goes. And that took me a long time to realize, but now, you know, I'm like, Oh, yep. Baby number two. Let's, let's have about, let's have about 10 more. Just kidding. No more, <laughs> but you know, you do, it gets, it gets better. Keep pushing, find that outlet yeah. because don't sit in your four walls and, and let your mind play tricks on you. Right. And don't let lack of resources or money or the ability, because you don't need all those things when you have people that care. Like, yes, you don't have to have money to check on somebody. You don't have mm -hmm. to have resources to be like, hey, girl, I was thinking about you and I just want to see what you were doing. And if you're both broke, put two dollars together and say, I got ramen. I got um some chips. Let's eat like this, you know, just for the day. And let's go sit in the park. That's let's right. Yeah. Because yep. there's so many free things. And that that program that I went to was a free program through the library. Um, I know where we are now. I don't think they have anything like that. It was called baby time. 
I've been trying to think what the name of it was, but we can get together. There are women that can get together and hang out. Like you said, at the park, um, you can go to the library if you want to, and there's rooms that you can sit and your kids can, and be free. Um, with COVID, I don't know about all the indoor things, but there are so many places that you don't have to have a lot of gas. You don't have, you can go out in your front yard, bring some, yep. tell people to come over and y'all, like I said, make meals together for lunch. Cause that's what we ended up doing because we were stay at home moms. And at the time we had our first baby, but girl, I got pregnant and then the rest of us got pregnant. So we all had kids. <laughs> Drink the same water. We did. We all yeah. had kids that were about the same ages and we just kind of got together and made it work. And I yeah. think when you have more support than money, sometimes that's all that matters. Yes. Um, yes. You know, when you're in college or when you go to school and all your friends are like, I want to go to to uh, Taco Bell after the game, but I got $5. I got $5 too. So you got 10. Okay. Yep. We can eat a whole lot for $10 at Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, we can. So, you know, there's ways that we can connect and get together and, and support each other. Cause that's all we really need in times like this. And if you need to go see, seek professional help, by all means do that because yes. you shouldn't feel bad about doing that either. Nope. So I just wanted to tell you, thank you, not only for coming on the show, but being so transparent and open and willing to share your story. And hopefully between your story and my story, we can help somebody to say, I'm not by myself. I know what I can do. I know that there's somebody that I can reach out to. And what I'm going to do on the website is like link some research or some resources that people can can go to and possibly get more information or find ways for help because that's important. Like we yes. need to not only help people, but actually show them ways that they can do things because when we don't know and we are so overwhelmed, sometimes you don't even think of the simplest things to do to help yourself. So I'm more than positive that your story is going to change somebody's life and perspective even a person that's pregnant or going through postpartum or somebody that's not and had an idea of what postpartum looked like of what it looked yeah. like. I thank you for your time. Um, is there anything you want to leave like to say before you leave? So that way, you know, people can know a little bit more or just anything you want to share before we go. You know, honestly, I mean, I'm an open person. If you find me and you're a mom or a new mom or a mom of three and you just go through it because sometimes it happens, mm -hmm. reach out. I mean, I've got open messages. I don't want any mom to ever feel like that because it's important to at least have somebody, somebody outside of your circle where you're not feeling judged. And if that's yep. me, you know what? Message me. I'm there because I, w I want moms to know it's okay to feel this way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I appreciate you letting me use your platform to, to not only, you know, educate people, but hopefully, like you said, a mom's going to hear this and she's going to know, and it's going to be okay. And she needs to know it's going to be okay. And that was, that was my goal is yeah. for, for people to know, like it's, it's going to get better. I'm just, I'm thankful for you. And like the Bible says, we're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So your testimony is going to give somebody else permission to share and be open and maybe save their life. So yeah. thank you. Um, I think that's about it for today. I appreciate everybody listening. What you've heard is her real life. So until next time, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.